This coverage of Legal Week brought to you by Legal Talk Network, with many great podcasts to make your next commute or workout informative and educational. To improve your practice and stay in the know, visit us at LegalTalkNetwork.com. And now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm Ralph Baxter. I'll be your host of this episode, and it's a real pleasure to be here at Legal Week 2020 in New York City. We have with us now, uh, for this episode, the panel that presented the subject of change management in the world of law in which we now uh, live. And it was a great panel, and, and a panel that caused the audience to participate in a way that was really unusual. It was a conversation with the audience. Our panel included Bill Garcia, Chief Practice Innovation Officer of Thompson Hine. Bill's an experienced lawyer who for several years now has worked uh, in the business side, the legal operations side of law, and has experience at Thompson Hine leading through some of the very progressive changes the firm has been making. Michelle DeStefano, who is a professor of law at Miami, University of Miami, an affiliated faculty member at the Harvard Law School, who has written a number of books, including Legal Upheaval, and who may be best known as the founder of Law Without Walls, a think tank for lawyers, other professionals, venture capitalists, and students who study uh, to find ways that will change the legal profession for the better. And last, but by no means least, Ari Kaplan, who is a lawyer, advisor, author, um, and for today's subject, importantly, a student, a true student of the legal profession and where it is going. So we're at a time in law when we really are entering profound change, which has implications for all of the people who participate in the legal ecosystem. So it, it makes the, the art of change management, change leadership, vital to our ability to progress. So let me just ask each of our panelists to start by sharing uh, with uh, our audience some of the highlights of what they said during the panel, and we'll start with Bill Garcia. Thank you, Ralph. I think that uh, change management is simply a means to an end. Um, it's a way to direct people towards an organizational imperative. I think we all recognize that organizations act through individuals, and understanding their needs and their motivation is the key to driving the organization to the conclusion that you need. Uh, client demands that outside lawyers change the way they do business became the stimulus for what became known as Thompson Hines' Smart Path Service Delivery Model, which combines process efficiency and knowledge management, legal project management, value-based pricing, and flexible staffing. And we talked uh, during the session this morning a little bit about how we did that. And the highlights are these. Uh, we began by understanding the, and naming the business challenge. We centered on a business issue that we could easily articulate. In this case, it was easy. We presented the opportunity both as offensive and defensive, a way to protect revenue and a way to expand revenue. We had strong leadership and investment from the top. The managing partner was all in on the change. And we started by identifying a group of leaders from all corners of the, of the firm. We staked out our spot. Predictability, efficiency, and transparency delivered through an integrated service delivery model and set about winning over the rest of the firm. We got buy-in practice group by practice group. We looked for early wins. 
We shared success stories. And in, in one of the last steps uh, of change management, of course, is making it stick, institutionalizing the new approach. And we did this in a couple of ways. When we had critical mass adoption within the firm, we went public. We refer to this as the day that we burned the boats, like Hernan Cortez supposedly did to make it clear to his troops that they were in the new world to stay. This ensured we would prioritize the effort at the firm level. We began to track adoption. And after several years of encouraging and getting the firm to use the concepts and the tools, we created business rules to make using the tools mandatory for some matter types. This gives us a body of data that we use uh, to improve uh, our existing tools and to help us track projects to projection and to identify anomalies. Well, that is a real roadmap for change management, which was necessary for the kinds of fundamental changes that you've been making at Thompson Heim. I'll come back with a couple of questions in a minute. Let's turn to Michelle. Can you share with the audience some of the thoughts you shared with our audience today here at Legal Week? Sure, I'd be happy to. I'd say three, three highlights. First, that it starts with people. Change management, especially when we're working with legal professionals, is about change inspiration. And if we don't figure out a way to motivate lawyers and the people that work with them to change their mindsets and skill sets and behaviors, any type of change initiative isn't going to work. So that's the first thing. Secondly, it's about understanding what makes lawyers tick, what motivates them, individual incentives, and as well, recognizing that we're a profession and that we still are part of a legal profession guided by the rule of law and the com that combination needs to be taken into account when trying to motivate lawyers to change. And last, the other highlight, and I think all three of us talked about this a little bit, is taking it in small chunks. So I like to call it the bonfire approach, taking a small group and starting with small changes. James Batham, who is um, a partner at Evershed Sutherland, calls change TNT. And that's not as in uh, TNT, the boom, pow. It's TNT as in T is in tiny and as notice, noticeable, T is in things. So starting small and then growing out. Great. So Bill is burning the boats. You have a bonfire. Ari, share some of your highlights. <laughs> in a lot of my research, one of the things that has echoed, regardless of the audience, whether they're general counsel, law firm leaders, <clears throat> corporate legal operations, is that the leadership is going from a place of being a gatekeeper to more of a ship's captain, really trying to drive that change in a way that pulls together talent from all different disciplines. And that was that's a trend that you see in a, a number of different ways, whether they're in law firms, whether they're in corporations, this idea that individuals with many different talents are joining together to achieve a shared goal. So... You told a story, Ari, that to start off your part of the panel this morning, that I think it would be great if you could share. And that was the story about the Japanese telephone. So between college and law school, I spent a year living in Japan. I was an English teacher in Kobe. And I spent, on one of my vacations, I went to Nepal. And I bought a plane ticket to Kathmandu and a Lonely Planet guide, and that's all I knew. I was nervous on the airplane, trying to figure out where I was going to stay. So as soon as I got to the airport... I noticed that there was one payphone in this area, and I just got on a line with other people waiting to use this phone. And people were doing what you would expect. They would lift the receiver, put in their unit of currency, dial, pause, and then move on. And I noticed it happened over and over, except it happened at almost exactly the same pace. person before me went, seemed 
logical. I went to the phone and I lifted the receiver. I put in my unit of currency. I dialed and then I realized the phone was broken. And figuring that I should advise the rest of the group, I turned to the person behind me. I said, you know, the phone is broken. I think we need to do something else. And the person said, thank you very much. That's, that's great. I really appreciate it. And I walked away wondering where everyone else is going. So when I turned around, I noticed that the person behind me walked right up to the phone, lifted the receiver, put in the currency, started that, and nobody else on the line moved. And it just reminded me, that story always reminds me of change and the need to do more than just what we've done before. Right. The simple message, it's not working, was not adequate to change the behavior of the folks in line. So, Michelle, you made reference to a book called Lessons from Mars. Can you share with us some of what you shared with the audience today? Sure. So, um, a man named Carlos Valdez de Pena wrote a book called Lessons from Mars. And in that book, he talks about Um, collaboration, and he talks about our own instincts. And he uses the example of a three-year-old. So have you ever played with a three-year-old? Who are they focused on? Themselves. And so his point in the book is we're all born really, really selfish. So to try to get a bunch of very, very selfish people innately to collaborate goes against our internal instincts. And um, he, I'm sure some of you out there listening have heard of the saying that um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Well, um, in this book, Carlos Valdez de Pena says that um, our instinct eats collaboration for breakfast. So, so, and then Bill, you talked about inertia and its role in change management. Can you share with us what you said about that? Sure. Um, and I think Ari actually made the same point. Inertia may be the most powerful human, uh, human emotion in an organization. When we are trying to implement change, we have to overcome that inertia. And I think the easiest way to overcome that inertia is to answer the question that change management professionals talk about all the time with them. What's in it for me? How do we personalize the change and make each of the actors in the organization who would be inclined not to change, see the improved future state that the change management is designed to bring about. Well, I hope for all our listeners that gave you a brief taste of the excellent panel that we had today. We don't have time to reproduce the entire hour-long session, but as you can see, we brought three very different perspectives to the question. Each of them brought colorful anecdotes to help us all understand better Uh, how we in law can lead our colleagues to make the changes they need to make. So thank all of you for joining us for this podcast and for joining us on the panel today. Thank all of you who are listening for tuning in. If you liked what you heard on this podcast, please rate us on Apple or Google or Spotify, wherever you get your um, podcasts. And for now, I'm Ralph Baxter, and this is On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice.
As always, consult a lawyer.